Well, thank God. Let's Talk Gospel Music Gold podcast is excited about season three and more fabulous guests. We've been talking with and sharing stories, experiences, and laughs with singers, songwriters, musicians, and independent artists in continuing gospel music at its gold. The guests on this show have tirelessly been on the battlefield to bring God's word through song, deed, and action. We also present tribute shows honoring those whom are no longer with us physically, but have left a legacy of gold with their contributions. We hope to continue bringing exciting shows and present great episodes and growing your knowledge in gospel music and its gold to keep you coming back for more. Welcome to Let's Talk Gospel Music Gold. Today is Tunji TJ Dario, who was born into one of the most revered musical dynasties in Nigeria. The legendary Dario family, where music has always played an important role in his life. He is a songwriter, worship leader, music producer, and recording artist based in the United Kingdom. He started playing at the age of 14 and has had the privilege of working with other recording artists such as Ron Cannoli and many others. TJ is passionate about writing, uplifting, inspiring, and devotional music. He has released three albums and a number of singles with the release of Alive Forever, which was released in 2021. And then in November, this year, 2022, his latest single, Light of the World, which was released to celebrate Christmas. I love people who celebrate Christmas. Welcome to Let's Talk Gospel Music Gold. Hey, TJ. Hello, and Sonia. Thank you for, for having me on. It's a privilege. Um, I'm glad to be here. I am so excited that we got a, an opportunity to meet. I have listened to your music, and I'm like, hmm. I like that. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you. So in, 
in becoming a worship leader. How did that come about? Um, you know, that, that's a very interesting question because um, even though I, I started playing music at the age of 14, um, uh, most of my time uh, doing it has been in church and um, I've been writing songs as far back as when I was 16 as well, but I've been music director at the local church and um, I've never really, I never really at that point explored my, you know, my singing abilities or ability to lead worship, you know, as, as you and I know, being a worshiper isn't just about being able to sing and lead mm -hmm. worship, it, it, it's a lifestyle in essence, but um, I remember this particular day, and this must have been maybe about 20, maybe about 25 years ago, um, being a music director in the church, I was playing, and you know, our pastor was on stage. Uh, I, I used to attend a church here called Jesus House. Um, and um, our pastor was on stage and I was playing the bass. And, you know, the worship was so intense in church. And something said to me, I believe it was the Holy Spirit that said, he's going to ask you to lead worship now. Mm. And, and I thought, you know, I've been music director in the church at this point for about four or five years. No one's asked me to sing and nobody frankly knows that I, I lead worship privately in my home. All they know me to do is bass player, music director, keyboard player, saxophone player, trumpet player, you know, drummer, guitar player. And I was right up front, you know, with the band just at the side of the stage. And my pastor stopped and looked at me and handed me the mic. Mm. And said, Tunji, just sing whatever comes into your heart that the Holy Spirit is putting into your heart. I couldn't believe my ears and I picked up the mic and just obeyed the Holy Spirit and everyone was like, whoa, oh my God, he's a worship leader too. You know, we didn't know this about him. You know, he's been playing for about five years and we didn't have a clue. And, and that started my journey uh, and my, I wouldn't call it transitioning because I still do the other things as well my journey into starting to lead worship and I recorded my first single in 2004 mm. um, off the back of that just doing it regularly in church okay well that is I'm I'm just no I'm not shocked you know why because why? a lot of times people see something in you that you don't see in yourself and they hear something resonate and I believe that that is when the Holy Spirit steps in and says, this person can do that. Mm -hmm. And you think yourself, I can't do that. But yeah. if, you put your, if you put your full trust in God, he will lead you through Amen. somebody else sees in you. <laughs> <laughs> now I'm going to go back to how many instruments do you play? I play six. Six. Now, how did you learn to play each instrument? You know, again, it's it's really weird because when I was younger, when I was going through my secondary education, which is, you know, um, I, I found that apart from the fact that in my in my family, you know, um, my uncle is one of the probably one of the most popular um, 
African musicians, particularly Nigerian musician, mm. you know, um, that's ever been. Uh, his name is Ike Dairo. Actually, he moved to the U.S. a couple of years before he died, lecturing African music in Washington. Mm. Um, he was known everywhere, musically talented, could play three or four instruments, wrote his song, got a, got an MBE from the Queen, probably the first African musician to get an MBE from the Queen because of his music in the 60s. Mm. Uh, but th that meant nothing to me because, of course, it was my father's immediate elder brother. I was, in, I was all around, music was all around me growing up. But I remember through primary school and secondary school that even though I couldn't play any instrument, I got the prize for music. I could read music. I had a natural ability for music. You know, uh, I just understood it. Music understood me and I understood music, right? Like I was like fish in the water with music and I, I would get all the prize. I wouldn't get any math prize or English prize or anything, but music prize, I got it every year. But I, at this point, I could not believe me. I could not play a single instrument, mm. but I could read music. Wow. I could read it. Um, it made sense to me, excited me. My, I remember in my early years, my dad who uh, is, who's passed away, but used to love a lot of classical music and used to make me sit down and listen to classical music, Mozart and all that, because he loved it, he just made me, put me through hell <laughs> and made me listen to But I remember that, you know what? Music had always been around me and um, I just was indifferent about music until I gave my life to Christ as an early teenager. And when I joined the church, I went to every single department in church before landing in the choir. I was in the prayer team. Um, I was an usher, even as a young child at church. I was, uh, I supported the evangelism team. Uh, you know, every Sunday after church, I'd go out with them in the rain and just join in. Uh, I joined the children's department as well, even though I was barely a teenager, just helping out. And then finally, you know, I just felt, oh, I was a bit like fish out of water everywhere. I was doing it, you know, it was, it was part of my journey, but I landed in the choir. And when I landed in the choir, you know, I was this young, young boy with raggedy jeans all turned up all the front. And, you know, the, the, the aunties in the church were like, how dare you let that boy get on stage with those raggedy jeans in the way looks? But I guess the pastor thought, oh, leave him alone. You know, he's his work in process. And, and I started in the choir, I started singing in the choir just joining and singing, attending choir practices. And then most of the guys in the band were just about three or four years older than me. And that just, I just took interest and started on the drums. From the drums, I moved and, and we had, the, the interesting thing was, and Sonia, we had someone on every single instrument. Mm. So my journey was being the second person, yeah, the backup for every other instrument. So, <laughs> So I, I went from the drum, yeah, I went from the drums to the keyboards, to bass, the guitar, and then nobody was playing the saxophone, and then the church brought the saxophone, I'm like, oh yeah, this is going to be me, this is going to be my instrument, <laughs> you know, I'm not going to be the backup person anymore, so I picked up the saxophone, started playing that, um, and then picked up the trumpet as well, and this was all done within two years. Wow. Right? And so everyone was like, oh, my God, he only just started. You know, it's just it's acceleration to, you know, just knowing and getting a grip of this instrument is like amazing. And I just didn't know, just enjoying myself doing it in the house of God. And ultimately, 
you know, I went into study uh, when I was a lot older, went into study jazz. I've got a diploma in jazz and popular music, just with a little bit of, uh, you know, training behind what, what I've done naturally for a while. But yeah, so that was my journey. It wasn't something I sought out. It just <laughs> happened. Yeah. <laughs> I guess. So th that is interesting. Now, the reason why I laughed really hard when you talked about a saxophone as a little girl, well, I was, I can't say forced, but I started playing the piano at seven. And that's a funny story in itself. But I got a little older and as I moved to high school, you couldn't carry around a piano in a band. And I thought the, the, school, the school band, all the kids were cool to me. So I kept begging my parents, can I learn, can I get a saxophone? Can I get a saxophone? And my mother and father said, no. So I rebelled and I went and bought a recorder. You know what those are. And yes. had gone to the music <laughs> store because I had to, we had to go and buy me some music anyway for the piano. So I started trying to play the recorder and found out very quickly that wind instruments are not my friend. <laughs> I, was, I would get lightheaded. I would get lightheaded just playing the recorder. So it, it, that was that was funny. So when you mentioned that, but I'll go back to the ragged jeans. Were you a fashionista? Because now that's basically what people are wearing. <laughs> <laughs> no, look, back then, uh, no, I wasn't. It was just that, you know, um, it was just stuff that my uncles bought me, my, you know, my sisters bought me, and, you know, I just wore it, you know, it was young, <laughs> I was a teenager, and, you know, for me, it didn't matter if it was tongue all the way up front, and I was, you know, I was in church. <laughs> I didn't feel any different, but clearly some people were, were not happy with my. Somebody said, hey, I think we should start doing that. I'll just be But anyway, in talking about your your history of becoming a worship leader, which is like I said, people see a talent in you that you don't see in yourself. And I'm gonna ask you, do you feel that you have inspired some young people around you? Yeah, I, I, absolutely. You know, one of the other things that I'm really passionate about is is mentoring, right? Mm -hmm. and, and, and not just mentoring uh, without setting examples. Uh, I, I, I like to mentor through examples, through the things that I do, because more is, you know, caught than taught, in a sense. Mm -hmm. um, and I have loads of people, I could, I could roll out a list of people that started playing music as a result of just being friends with me or just being around me, even younger folk as well. Um, all my children play. I've got three daughters okay. and they all play. And if, if you listen to my most recent single, my daughters are rapping up front <laughs> of, of my single because everyone in this family gets involved in what I do. And my wife sings, my wife's a worship leader as well. Okay. Well, that is really nice. It sort of runs in the family. That's a good thing. Keep it in the yeah. family. <laughs> now, I want to talk to you about when you write your songs, are you inspired? Tell me what inspires you the most when you're writing your songs. You know, as a, as a songwriter and, and as someone who teaches songwriting, um, I started off writing from the heart. Right. Um, sometimes, um, you know, I write from my experiences with God. I write like David would have written through 
certain situations is going through at that point in time. So I've got songs that I've written out of pain, you know, songs that I've written out of situations where I felt, okay, I know God's there, but right now it doesn't feel like it's close by. Mm. Um, but when it comes to, to, you know, devotional music and, and, and worship songs, uh, I tend to get inspired by just worshiping. You know, God gives me something new when I just, you know, um, I proactively just start to worship him, right? The Holy Spirit always comes through. Uh, if, if you do long enough and you do it well enough, after a while, God just says, hmm, I'm pleased with you. Here's a new one that you can use to worship me. Just go ahead and take it. Take it. Now, here's a new word. And uh, here's a new, like, my, my first album was titled Excellent Creator, mm. right? And I wrote that song, the, the main song, or should I say the title song, uh, I wrote it in 20 minutes. But I checked online, and those two words have never been put together before. And even till now, if you type in Excellent Creator, on the internet, it'll come up with my album. Okay. Right? I realized that excellent creator, or maybe that someone's put it up again now, but as at the time, when I recorded the album, which was um, my first full album in 20, I think it was 2013, those two words had never been put together as a phrase, right? Mm -hmm. Excellent creator. And God just gave it to me. A friend was coming over to mine, who's a keyboard player, another producer friend. And I said, oh, you know what? I uh, would like to work on a song now. And, and he said, oh, yeah, I'm coming on. I'm like, okay, well, you're 20 minutes away. I'm just going to worship and see what God gives me. And by the time he got to me, the song was finished. <laughs> and so I get inspired by just worshiping God and making time to worship God because, you know, in his presence, you know, there's, there's fullness of joy in his presence. God gives you something new. You know, mm -hmm. you never come to his presence and leave the same way. You okay. know, um, uh, you know, you you meet with him and, you know, he speaks to you. He talks to you. And if you're worshiping him, he drops things in your mind. It's not necessarily always songs every time. Sometimes it's a message and that message becomes a song. OK, right. Absolutely. I, I believe that, you know, I always tell tell people, well, you have to listen to what God is saying. Sometimes people will make a statement and say, well, uh, God never talks to me or I don't hear God speaking to me. You just have to learn how to be quiet. <laughs> and right. be still and right. So that is, I think that is one of the most poignant statements to make uh, and to get across to other people because sometimes people feel like even in despair or even in a bad, what would be considered a bad situation, people forget that God speaks to you even then. And you have to listen and understand what he's saying and why you're going through a certain a certain trial or a tribulation. Yeah. You know how to deal with that because on the other side, <laughs> there's so much greatness that comes out of that. Right. This is this is emotional, I think. <laughs> <laughs> now have you thought about ministry as a pastor or ministry as an associate pastor through your music? Yes, yes, absolutely. Um, you know, uh, I attend a denomination uh, called the Redeemed Christian Church uh, of God. Uh, it's, a, it's a global denomination. Um, 
probably at some point was called one of the fastest growing churches in the world at some point. And, you know, mm -hmm. I, I've been in the church for about 30 years, right? <laughs> so, so I've grown through the ranks of, of, of being, um, you know, just a musician to being a head of department, a music director, you know, uh, heading out a choir of about two, 300 people for events with 30, 40,000 people, annual events in, in the UK, to then becoming a deacon in church. Um, and then from being a deacon, becoming an associate pastor, all still doing the same thing, right? Just pastoring through music, of course, uh, being an associate pastor means that your remit and your responsibilities are broadened out a bit more beyond just what you do, uh, because then you, you need to provide pastoral care for people and for departments, you know, um, in the church, in your local church, and also in the denomination as well. But I've always done the same thing and, and used uh, my, my mentoring uh, skills, God-giving skills, my, my pastoral giftings, even in the area of music. I'm one of the people that you will, in the UK, who's known for always checking on people. Just before I called you, I've checked on 15 people. He said, how are you doing? Is everything okay? No, thanks for calling. We haven't heard from you. I'm like, yeah, I'm just calling to check on you. Oh. Uh, that part of me also exists, right? The pastoral side of me. Um, a few times, you know, they've they've tried to push me to to start a church, and you know, <laughs> you are like, oh, you know, just this is the next step. I'm like, yes, when God says it's the next step, I, I'll take it. Mm -hmm. But right now, you know, I'm just faithful doing what He's given me, what He's put in front of me. If he wants me to do it, uh, he only needs to ask me. And he'll tell me, you know, clearly if he wants me to do it. And guess what? I'm not going to struggle with that. I'm just going to go ahead and do it because I know that he gives grace for the work when mm -hmm. he tells you to do it. So, yes. So uh, many a times people have tried. They've told the church, tell him to please go and start to like, Please, <laughs> just stop. <laughs> you know? You're like, I'll move in God's time and not yours. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. You know, you know. Now, what inspired you to write your latest single, your Christmas song? What inspired you to do that? Okay. So again, you know, one of the, I believe very strongly that one of the most important uh, skill that any Christian needs to have is the ability to hear God. Mm. You know, if you're, if you're a Christian and you can't hear God, it's, it's gonna be a tough one, right? <laughs> Life can be very tough because what that means is you're being led by what you see, mm. right? You're being led by your physical senses, you know, your, 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 your sense of smell, your sense of taste, your eyes, your ears, what you hear and what you feel. And, about five weeks ago, and this happened with my previous single, Alive Forever, God, I was sitting on the piano worshiping and God said, oh, you know, Easter's coming up. You're going to write me a song. I'm like, okay, this is six weeks to Easter. Um, how am I going to write a song? I've never done a song uh, that quickly, right? And God said, oh, you're going to write. And by the way, this is the line you're going to write. Mm. He just gave me a line and said, you're going to write about this. And so get going because I want it for Easter. How am I going to do that? <laughs> you know, it's like, you know, where do I even start? You know, I'm like, I've got a lot going on, but I obeyed. And guess what? 
everything came into place for me to be able to do it in a month, mm. you know, with a music video in a month. And I'd never done that before, writing a song that never existed to writing it theologically, you know, making sure that it's theologically sound and then putting it together without leaving my house, recording, you know, the drummer was in the States, you know, vocalist was in New York, um, <laughs> you know, <laughs> uh, bass player. Even though I play those instruments, I sometimes get friends just to get a different perspective on things to just play. You know, guitar player was playing with Westlife, was on tour. Mm. And in less than two, three weeks, we had it done. So my, 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 myself and another friend were doing vocals, the girl in New York, and we, we, we did it all. And then I was, it was about to, you know, I was about to release it, needed the video. And I thought, I haven't even got the money for a video. And guess what? A friend just called me and it was like, oh, what, what are you up to? I've got a new single, but I can't be bothered. And he's a film director. I can't be bothered to do a video because I just can't afford it. Now I'm just going to push it out. God, I've done enough, okay? I'm going to push this song out. And he goes, no. He sent it to me. I sent it to him. And in, in what, less than four days, he had a concept for the video and he said, look, I just feel God wants me to do this. Mm. And shot the video. Wow. And video comes out and the BBC picked it up. You know, a lot of radio stations picked it up like, oh, this is amazing. I'm like, God, that's how you work. So mm -hmm. about six weeks ago, coming to this new song, I felt God stirring the water again, going, it's Christmas. Uh, you've never written me a Christmas song before. You're going to write me one. <laughs> oh, my God. This is, this is, this is, I'm talking October, middle to end of October, right? Mm. And I'm like, well, you've done it before. If you did it before, he'll do it again. He'll do it again. <laughs> and, and then I and then I went, okay, okay, let's start then. You know, didn't know where to start, prayed, worshiped a bit, and again, you know, the, the statement, the light of the world mm. just came out. Yeah. And God led me to scripture. That's where Jesus said, I am the light of the world. Whoever comes to me would not be in darkness. Mm. Right. And and when I read that scripture. And then thinking about what's going on in the world, right? The economic turbulence, you know, the political turbulence, yes. you know, wars wow. everywhere, you know, things getting expensive, governments not literally doing what to do. I thought, oh God, you're amazing. So this is where this is where we get a chance to introduce Jesus. You know, Christmas isn't just about, you know, presents and you know, celebrating all the nice things about Christmas, but it's about bringing people back to the fact that. You know, God sent light into the world, you know, through Jesus. And, you know, it's apt at this point to remember that and to shine the light of Jesus. And the Bible also says, we, you and I, we're light. Yeah. 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 That, do you light a candle and put it under a shade? No. Well, you put it on top of a candle stand so that it can shine everywhere mm -hmm. and people can glorify God. So God just gave me that and I just started writing. So I started writing about the birth of Christ. And, I, and then there's a middle section that goes, rejoice, the Savior is born. Mm. He is the light of the world. Rejoice, the Savior has come. Jesus, mm. the light of the world. <clears throat> and, sorry, and then he starts to go into why he came. And just starts to talk about that a bit. And then it, it ends by saying, go tell it to the world. Go tell it that Jesus is born. So it is our responsibility in this season to just shine the light of Christ to the world. You know, if they've forgotten, if they feel like they're dejected and people are going through 
a lot of economic hardship, it's this the time, you know, you know, to shine that light in the middle of the darkness. You know, light shines in darkness. Without okay. darkness, light can't shine, right? I'm going to tell you that there is, um, I do a daily devotion. And that was one of the scriptures that was brought out about Jesus being the light. And right. I'm like, you know, a lot of people forget that though. A lot of people, especially during this time, because it's a hustle bustle, busy, busy. Yeah. Uh, and they have taken out the real purpose mm -hmm. of what Christmas is about. It is about the birth of Christ and him coming into the world to show us and demonstrate to us how we should live as Christians, how we yeah. should love one another as Christians. And we, I've, I hear these stories um, daily about people who are taking other, other people's lives and stuff. Like that. And I keep saying, you forgetting the greatest is to love one another. If you love one another, then you won't harm one another or you won't do anything against your neighbor. So this is right. a great, I think, a great reminder to let people know that there is so much more in life, so much more. And if you look to the light and not shy away from the light of Christ. All right. right. <laughs> <laughs> and when I, when I think about that, the distance that you and I are, so right now we're talking, you are at nighttime and I'm at, at daytime in the middle of the yeah. afternoon. And I appreciate the fact that technology allows us to join in, communicate and talk. So as I was listening to you about your, your uh, task that was before you, and we look at some people talk about technology is not a good thing, it's not really great. but how technology helped you to put together a piece that honors God from someone in New York, you're in UK and someone else is on, on tour. And when we think about that, sometimes we forget because I come from a, an era before the computer was born <laughs> or hatched or introduced to us. But you look at that and look at the technology. So when you're when everyone got together and they heard the final cut, what was their reaction? You know, that they were blown away because um, for some of them, they, they heard the, uh, the demos because one of the things I tend to do because I play as well is I tend to create a song. And <laughs> this is just weird because when God gives me a song, because I play as well, those skills come into play in my head before I even touch any instrument, to a certain degree, 80% of the song musically is done in my head. Mm. Okay. You know, so, so when I jump on and I want other people to play, I've already created a, a demo. Full vocals, BVs all done. I literally just replace everything I've done with what they're doing. So they, they get the picture immediately once I, once I engage. So they were blown away um uh yeah they were they were just like oh my goodness you know <laughs> what do you say they were even blown away what <laughs> yeah they were like 
well, we didn't know it was going to sound this way because everyone was doing their bits, but they didn't get to hear the final production until when I finished, you know, doing all the edits, doing all the, you know, extra bits here and there, just to tie it up together. So it was, um, yeah, you know, glory to God, you know, mm-hmm. um, he inspired it, you know, and honestly, even this one, uh, you know, I, I pretty much did everything on this this new single, mm-hmm. uh, apart from my daughters and the lady, um, my friend who lives in New York, who I've just grown to love when it comes to doing vocals together. So we did the vocals together, the BVs and all that. But everything else apart from my daughters was done in in right behind you, <laughs> right behind me here. You know, um, the vocals were recorded here, my vocals, I mixed it right here. Um, you know, so I have a question for you. Do you have your own label, your own recording label or is, how's your music produced? So, so I, I've just set up a a label now that I'm trying to grow. Um, it's called Coco Free Music. Um, and, um, yes, that's been, that's been in existence for about, about three, four years, but I've been releasing my stuff through Coco Free. Um, recently, quite a number of people, I, I write for other people as well, but quite a number of people have come to me now asking me to produce them, to do a lot of work with them, to to, to run management. I'm like, my hands are full. <laughs> Some of it I can't take because it's, it's a bit of a distraction. But yes, um, I'm looking to go more into that. But you know, you know how it is when you're trying to grow a company or you're trying to grow an outfit uh you need more hands on deck uh, a, a tree doesn't make a forest right you need more people on deck to, to scale right so so just just in the process of doing that in the new year um so that i can scale a bit more and do more okay that sounds great now i've heard you say this phrase and i know what it means but maybe someone that's listening may not know what that means when you said the bvs now I'm going to say what I think it means because, but like I said, someone else may be listening like BVs. What is that? Background vocals. That's correct. And when you when you do background vocals, well, let's talk about that a little bit too. Sure. Do you layer the background vocals? I, I do, um, especially when you know um, when you don't have a lot of people around available to to, to do that. So. I mean, the last single, uh, the most recent single rather, um, was just two of us doing background vocals. Yeah, and you know, I, I layer them a lot and you know, uh, sometimes use, use a couple of effects to try and make it thicker, make it sound bigger than it is as well. But, and, and I had to start doing this because of the pandemic because during the pandemic, everyone was sat at home, nobody could come out to the studio, nobody could see anyone. So you just had to learn to walk and, and uh, collaborate over over the internet and get people to do stuff. And not everyone at that point had kit at home to be able to record. So you you had to learn to to make the most out of what you you've got really. Mm-hmm. So yeah, yeah, that, and that makes sense because everyone does not have the same technology. And when you think about the connections, the connectivity that people would have, or even that they do, they have the right kind of equipment like. Um, yeah, reducing sound, background vocals, background sounds, etc. And you think about that, 
those are some of the things that you have to think of when you're talking about a distance. Yeah. So, all right, that is, that's great. I, I know that it is wonderful in being where you are. So you're in the UK. Do you ever tour in the States, in the United States? Every now and then I, I, I come around. Um, my brother-in-law lives in, I've got cousins and uncles in, in the US. Um, my brother-in-law lives in Texas and my mother-in-law lives in Texas as well. Uh, and so uh, because of the family connection, you know, myself, my wife and, and the girls uh, usually would come, come out there once a year. Um, the last time I was there was just before the pandemic I was with, um, William McDowell, I was in William McDowell's church in nice. Orlando. Um, it was something that was arranged through Integrity Music. We met in London. Uh, we got introduced in London and he invited me out uh, because he knew I was going to be in the States. I was in Texas and invited me out to Orlando. So I spent um, Christmas in Orlando with William but, and, and the New Year's and then flew back into London in, in January uh, 2020 and um, March the 23rd, there was a lockdown. <laughs> and, and William was supposed to come over to, to the UK because we're, we're talking about him coming over to, we're gonna do a worship conference. Uh, but of course, that just, that just didn't work out uh, yeah. because of the pandemic. Yeah, but things are coming back around. Yes. Yes. Oh, they're talking about it's coming back, but we won't talk about the pandemic. We just need people to be safe and be comfortable. Right. But have you, I know that you said you worked with William. So when you came over here, were you here just as a single artist or were you here just as a tourist? Like yeah, yeah, I was. I, no, so when I came over, um, it was it was more as a tourist. Uh, I wasn't looking to because for, for us, it was coming over to see family. Mm. I don't I don't tour the state that much, to be honest, in terms of touring. No, every now and then when I'm around, you know, people take advantage of the fact that I'm around sometimes to just say, oh, would you be a blessing at our church? But when I came over over Christmas in 2019, uh, I was just coming to see Family Boy. William knew I was going to be coming over because we had a dinner with Integrity Music here in London um, where we met, we were introduced. And he said, oh, are you going to be in the US? I'm like, oh yeah, I'm in the US for, for Christmas. And it was like, what about coming over to my church? And, and I said, okay, well, why not? And so it was arranged with Integrity and, and literally I came there to visit. So um, went with my wife and kids. It was it was a lovely man, you know. We, they were quite hospitable, and it was great to to to, to witness, you know, the deeper church. It was amazing. It's nice to uh, to be there with him. Okay, well, great. It's always good to find out these things. You never know. <laughs> now, I would like you to tell my audience how they can get in contact with you, and uh, anything that you have coming up. Uh, other than your new, well, you can tell, tell us about the new release too. I think that, I think you have a new release that's, that was released in November, but go ahead. Yeah, absolutely. So um, in, in terms of the new release, um, it, you can, you can it's, it's on all streaming platforms, um, you know, the Apple music platform, um, Spotify and all the main, main streaming platforms out there. 
Um, actually, I'm releasing a music video <laughs> that's just been cut today, uh, okay. next week, Wednesday, for the same single titled um, Light of the World. Um, mm. if, you if you check on, on the online streaming platforms, just look for TJ Dairo, uh, D-A-I-R-O is the surname, and it, you'll see most of my stuff in there. I've also created a couple of playlists uh, of my music uh, for people that, that want to just get a feel for uh, my journey and, and what God has, has given me to write. Um, in terms of connecting with me, I'm on social media as TJ Dairo. I'm on TikTok. I'm on Instagram. I'm on Facebook. Uh, I'm on Twitter. Um, yeah, just reach out. You know, uh, it'll be great to connect um, and hear from you and also share what you're doing. So reach out to me. I'm always uh, looking to uh, interact with people. Um, and to, to share my journey, and if you want to share their journey as well, and if it's just to say hello, it never hurts. Just say hello, how are you doing? I was blessed by your music. Well, I'd like to share this with you. Great, I'm, I'm, I'm more than happy to, to do that. That sounds fantastic, all right. Well, I want to thank my guest, Tunje. Yes. And, and you're affectionately known as TJ, yeah. Dario for participating in this segment on Let's Talk Gospel Music Gold. These shows are to explore, record, and raise excitement about gospel music and its gold. I hope you, the audience, enjoyed this episode as much as I have. Please send me an email sharing your thoughts about this podcast segment. Also, if you have suggestions of future guests that you would like to hear on the show, send an email to letstalk to gmg at gmail.com. That's let's talk the number two gmg at gmail.com. You may like and share the podcast episode, or if you subscribe, you'll be notified when the latest one is published. And what's new with Let's Talk Gospel Music Gold Radio is that we have a radio show that comes on WMRMDB Internet Radio Station, which comes on Saturday mornings at 9 a.m. Central Standard Time. I am your host and Sonia saying, let's sing, let's shout and tell of the great news through Gospel Music Gold. Until the next episode, take care and God bless. This episode has been sponsored by Nelsie IT. The disaster has happened. We were all caught off guard March, 2020. And in many cases, there is now a rebuilding process which must take place. How does this affect you as a church leader or a small business owner? With over 20 years of experience, we can help you create an emergency response and a business continuity plan for your church or your small business. We discuss methods of preparing for the next emergency or disaster. Here are a few things we can speak to you about for your church. How to continue communicating with your congregants without access to your physical location. How do members reach the leadership staff? What about church records? Are they safe and available? And here are a few things we will cover for a small business. Communicating with your customers and meeting their needs and or orders. Do you have a backup process to keep your business records safe? 
we can talk about technology, security, and record keeping. For more information, contact us at 708-762-3587. That's 708-762-3587. And we can discuss how you can feel more comfortable in creating a emergency response plan and or a business continuity plan. Thank you.